millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The biggest games from major franchises will always make a certain amount of money based on brand familiarity. But for every tentpole title, there are dozens of releases that enter the marketplace and seem to go by unnoticed. We've covered several of these cases in the past where video games just didn't sell for whatever reason, despite being good or even brilliant in their own right. We all love an underdog story or a hidden gem, so with that being said, I'm Sai for WhatCulture.com and these are 10 more great video games nobody bought. Number 10, Titanfall 2. What made Titanfall 2 so brilliant was that it was a clear demonstration of listening to your audience. Whilst the core tenets of the IP remained the same, the rest of the game feels as though it's been put through rigorous testing in a way that made Titanfall 2 make its predecessor look like a tech demo. The mech piloting FPS sequel was bigger, deeper and more rewarding in its progression system and just offered a more balanced and engaging experience. More than just retooling the multiplayer of course though, Respawn Entertainment gave players another reason to stick with Titanfall 2 by including a single-player campaign, something that the original sorely lacked. The short story was stuffed with fantastic set pieces that, in a way, excused a shorter running time. Quality over quantity was clearly a general top-down idea for the sequel. However, Titanfall 2 got stiffed by its own publisher Electronic Arts. Not only did it release just a week after EO's own Battlefield 1, it did so in the looming shadow of the next Call of Duty game. This new kid on the block just couldn't contend with established names of the genre. In the years since, Titanfall 2's great experience has been complemented by numerous players who got it on sale, or even for free. Number 9. The Wonderful 101 Sometimes games release into ecosystems that are already overstuffed. There's just too much going on in the industry, specifically on a particular console, and deserving titles are lost in the shuffle of players having too much choice. The Wonderful 101 suffered a difference, but no worse fate. It's not like Wii U owners were spoilt for choice. There were despairingly few games on the system as it was. There just weren't that many people with the console to sell it to. This particularly stings because not only is The Wonderful 101 a solid game in its own right, it was also one of the few to make great use of the console's gimmicks. Players used the gamepad to draw symbols for their groups of heroes to take formations, be that giant swords to smash down foes, or ladders and so on to traverse environments. It truly was original. The Wii U is Nintendo's least successful home console of all time, and because of this, the wonderful 101 is certainly one of Platinum Games' worst-selling titles. Estimates at the end of its first quarter put it at less than 80,000 combined, 
streamed across Japan and North America. Thankfully, the game has since gotten a remaster due to fan support to give it another lease on life. Number 8. Brutal Legend Celebrity involvement in video games can be a great way to turn heads and boost sales. Getting cold and cynical about it, the race to include known actors as starring roles in video games over the last decade or so has been all about marketing. However, Brutal Legend found out that it can make very little difference or in fact harm your bottom line. That's not to say that Jack Black as Eddie Riggs, a roadie who gets transported to the world of heavy metal to fight demons, is a bad casting choice. If anything, it's perfect and JB brings his established charisma and expressiveness with clear enthusiasm. The game featured an exciting world with several heavy metal cameos and a stacked soundtrack of metal classics of the past and the 2000s. Interestingly, Brutal Legend was one part God of War-like hack and smash adventure and one part RTS-esque army management. It was a really refreshing and surprisingly solid combination of elements that caught a lot of people unawares. Reason being, EA didn't actually bother to market the game aspect of Brutal Legend and instead focused on Jack Black and its heavy metal theme, thus gamers didn't actually know what they were getting into. Like Double Fine's previous release Psychonauts, Brutal Legend sold abysmally and is now considered a cult hit. Number 7. Gravity Rush for this one, you can pick either game in the Gravity Rush duology. In fact, given its sales numbers, it's quite incredible that Gravity Rush got a sequel at all. The games were crafted by a small set of developers at Japan Studio who were once upon a time known as Team Silent. Yes, former maestros of horror putting together a pair of high-octane and kinetic action games. Gravity Rush, as the name implies, allows players to use gravity as a tool to their advantage as they battle monsters and explore a unique, beautiful world. The first game was hot out the gates, moving 100,000 copies in Japan in its first month, but it failed to climb much higher. Being a title that was exclusive to the PS Vita at the time, a console that was being outsold by the 3DS and even the PSP put a ceiling on the game's potential. It stumbled worldwide. Despite Gravity Rush 2 coming straight to PlayStation 4 in 2017, it had almost the exact same stunted trajectory, but without the excuse. A solid start that suddenly stopped. America, and especially Europe, just seemed not to care for the franchise, regardless of its larger marketing and availability. Both games are light-hearted action romps that we could do with more of in an industry that is often obsessed with realism and regurgitation. Number 6. Grim Fandango Out of the many reasons for a game to fail, an entire genre going out of style is a brutal way to go. Considering Grim Fandango was made for quite a hefty asking price at the time, it was going to struggle to make a profit. However, the era of the classic adventure game was well and truly out. Grim Fandango is set in a film noir afterlife and stars Manny Calavera, a skeletal travel agent who winds up discovering a conspiracy in his world. This world, the Land of the Dead, oozed a distinctive charm and housed an incredibly unique story as told by a brilliant voice cast. In many ways, its characters, humour and out-of-the-box puzzle solving so perfectly summarise what LucasArts had been known for for a long time. It made for a great game that most players didn't care about because frenetic action had taken precedence within the gaming space. Grim Fandango's sales were bad enough to convince LucasArts to call it a day with their adventure game past and move forward as essentially a publisher of Star Wars outings. As such, it's seen as somewhat of a swan song for the entire genre. Thankfully, the game's license was eventually picked up by Double Fine's Tim Schafer for a re-release after years of fans clamoring for a new way to play this classic. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny System, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny System with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Number five, Jade Empire. By the early to mid-2000s, Bioware had made a name for themselves crafting expert RPGs. Their usage of existing IP with Knights of the Old Republic and Baldur's Gate tapped into existing fan bases, and the quality of these titles had made their name worth keeping an eye on. To release their first major original IP, the developers signed a deal with Microsoft to bring Jade Empire to the Xbox. Based on Chinese mythology and martial arts, the game bowled many critics and gamers alike over with its incredibly unique unique combat system and a story that was better than anyone was expecting. It was an underrated classic despite graphical and power limitations presented by releasing for a system at the end of its life. This ultimately was also what cut off Jade Empire's legs. The Xbox was a system not particularly known for its RPGs and thus its strong showing at first saw it slip out of sight quickly. Moreover, the game was released in the spring of 2005 amidst talk that the Xbox's sequel system was on the way, which turned out to be revealed just shortly thereafter. Gamers saved their money on this one, which is a shame because it's a real gem of the original Xbox era and a time in Bioware's career before they found their Mass Effect and Dragon Age-shaped groove. 
Number 4. Second Sight In a previous list on the same subject, we mentioned the underrated game that is PsyOps. However, you can't really mention that without referencing Second Sight or vice versa. Both just so happen to be solid third-person action games with telekinetic protagonists that released around the same time in 2004. However, neither game particularly won big when it came to sales. Second Sight follows amnesiac John Vatic as he awakens and promptly breaks out of a medical facility upon discovering he has psychic abilities. What made the game feel so good is that every development choice felt deliberate. The team at Free Radical clearly had a strong vision in mind for the game's pace since John can't sprint, and it had unique aiming systems and three camera settings. The game gave players an at the time unprecedented level of choice between third person, first person, and fixed cameras a la Resident Evil. Considering the importance of stealth in Second Sight, having a sturdy base and these options were all key. Choice is everything, in fact. Half of the game was open-ended areas that gave players a toolbox of powers, invisibility, telekinesis, possession, and let them solve encounters as they saw fit. This level of emergent gameplay was almost unheard of in 2004, and it simply deserved better. Number 3. Viva Piñata The story of Microsoft's acquisition of Rare is a muddy one. Once Nintendo's most prized allies, the team found themselves churning out stinkers like Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts and arbitrary Kinect games for a long time. However, in their early days of Xbox exclusives, Rare put out a new IP which is their slept-on masterpiece. Like Jade Empire, Viva Piñata was a victim of the audience that it was put in front of. Xbox owners were eating good on gritty shooters like Gears of War and realistic RPGs like Oblivion. Rare's colourful, unique gardening sim, by comparison, was so cutesy it had a tie-in animated children's TV show. That belies the game's tougher strategic edge as you juggle attracting certain piñatas and rescuing your garden's inhabitants from the nefarious Professor Pester. Both Viva Piñata and its sequel were dripping with the kind of charm that only Rare could instill and offered much greater depth than they first appeared, making them highly addictive. Although the games made full use of the Xbox 360's power and wouldn't have worked nearly as well on Nintendo hardware, it's hard not to wonder about the state of the sales had they been put in front of a more receptive audience. Neither Viva Piñata or Trouble in Paradise particularly sold all that well, and we can only hope that one day we can hit the piñata of the Nintendo Direct and have a Switch port of Viva Piñata come tumbling out. Number 2. Snatcher Hideo Kojima's second ever game project as writer and director, Snatcher was a cyberpunk story inspired by the likes of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Terminator, and Blade Runner. It followed a twisting plot about androids killing and replacing humans in a society recovering from biological warfare. The game first launched in Japan in 1988 for the PC-8801 and MSX2, and remains charming in a late 80s lo-fi sci-fi kind of way, a fully voice-acted cyberpunk visual novel that feels like a precursor of what the auteur would go on to create. When Snatcher finally came to the West in 1994, it did so on the Sega CD, when what little light that the system ever had was waning. The game has been described as selling only a couple of thousand copies, thanks to the Mega Drive peripheral having low sales numbers in itself, and Snatcher being six years old already by this time. The game's spiritual successor Police Noughts never actually released outside of Japan, and one has to wonder if Snatcher's failure was a contributing factor. It's crazy to think about a Kojima 
Kojima game coming out and passing most people by, but of course this was before he became the huge name that he is today. Interested players now have to seek Snatcher out via emulation or overpriced resales, thanks to the game never having a re-release in nearly 30 years since it first appeared in the West. And number one, Vagrant Story. Rather incredibly, famed Japanese gaming magazine Famitsu rated Squaresoft's Vagrant Story a perfect score of 40 out of 40. This is not only a better score than any Final Fantasy game on the PS1, it's actually the only PlayStation 1 game to hold this honour. And those who have played Vagrant Story tend to agree, it's a game that if you love, you truly, deeply love it. When it comes to clever and immersive RPGs, Vagrant Story was cutting way above expectation in 2000. Weapons and equipment levelled differently depending on your style of play, gaining boons and downsides reactively as you explored the game's many dungeons. The graphics were incredibly unique and the game had a rich socio-political story. Vagrant Story's strong start to sales petered off unfortunately quickly, especially as many Square fans were already content with Chrono Cross that had arrived a few months prior. Even more likely was that they had money set aside for that summer's Final Fantasy IX. A new IP like Vagrant Story was sandwiched between titles that were guaranteed to outperform it. Ironically, this unsung gem was set in Evil East, the same world as Final Fantasy Tactics, so the game may have fared a lot better if Vagrant Story was a subtitle when the game was positioned as a spin-off in the Final Fantasy series. Alas, this perfectly scoring Square game feels lost to time. And that's the list. Let us know what you thought of this video down in the comments below. Which of these games have you played? And of course, let us know of any others that would fit within this theme. Make sure you like this video, share it with your friends, subscribe and hit that notification bell. You can follow me on Twitter at Sinyak underscore one, two, three. You can head over to whatculture.com for more content every day. I've been Cy for What Culture and have a good week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.